Once upon a time in Israel, there was a man who was born lame. He was lame from birth and has been lame for over 40 years of his life. And in the book of Acts of the Apostles, the scriptures describes the events that took place as a result of the encounter that this man had with the disciples of Jesus Christ. And the NIV translation of the Bible describes this event beginning with the word one day. And there is something that I believe that the scriptures wants to bring out from this word one day. For I believe that Peter and John had been going to the temple regularly. In fact, I strongly believe that this wasn't their first time of going to the temple. So the one day wasn't referring to the apostles but to the lame beggar. And with the word one day, I believe that the scriptures wants us to understand that God had a day that he had predestined for the healing of that lame man. And that's exactly the same with you and with me. That God has a day that he has set aside for our divine visitations. And therefore, it could take years, it could take over 40 years, just like as it did in the case of this man. And the children of Israel cried for 400 years. Moses for over 40 years in the wilderness. The man at the pool of Bethesda waited for 38 years. But we have to understand this, that God always has a day that he has set aside for us. So it doesn't matter how long you've cried. It doesn't matter how long you've waited. You have to understand that our God is too faithful to fail. And the Bible tells us that he collects all the tears that we cry inside a glass. So it's impossible and it is difficult for God to forget your cries. The thing is that if God has not yet come through for you, does not mean that God will not, but it means that the appointed time and the set time that God had predestined for your miracle has not yet arrived. But I speak to you right now as one bearing the mark of Christ Jesus Christ. Very often, as long as it's not your time, but as you're hearing my voice, you have to understand that it is the word of God that reenacts the time. Because I am speaking by the authority in the Most High God, I declare that your time of divine visitation has come in the name of Jesus Christ. I don't know what you've been asking. I don't know what you've been waiting for. But I want to remind you that it can be delayed but never denied. As you are listening to the sound of my voice, the Lord said I should tell you that your day of divine visitation has arrived. I will repeat that again. The Lord said I should tell you as long as you are under the sound of my voice and you are listening clearly from the Spirit, I want you to understand that the Lord said I should tell you that your time of divine visitation has come in the name of Jesus Christ. The scripture also says that they came at 3 p.m. in the evening. The Jews had three hours of prayer, 9 a.m., 12 p.m., and 3 p.m. in the evening. But I believe that there is another lesson attached to this passage, that just as the Lord has a day which he has marked for us, he also has a set time for us. God is the God of time and seasons, but he is not bound by time. He only walks with time. For the lame man, it was in the evening, the final hours of prayers. There are some people that their answers come in the morning, some in the evening. Now, let's, let, me, let me describe it this way uh, for you to clearly understand what I mean. Because I believe that after today, God is bringing someone into his destiny. Now, you see, just like we were born in the morning, some are born in the afternoon, some are born in the evening, that is how it also works with our blessings. 
For some people, the blessings that are located to them are located to come in the morning time, to some it's in the afternoon time, and to the others it's also in the evening time. And that's why when you're a believer, you're not to be jealous of other people as they celebrate the goodness of God. For even though yours have not arrived at the morning time or in the afternoon time, one thing is sure that it would not pass the evening time. So therefore, if you've been waiting and you've not received your miracle and it's morning already and lo and behold, it's afternoon already, I want to remind you and I want you to have this at the back of your mind that God will surely come through for you. God will surely come through for you. It may pass the morning time. It may pass you by in the afternoon time, but wait for it in the evening time. I can see someone receiving his miracle. Even though the morning season has passed, even though the afternoon season has passed, I can see someone receiving it in the evening season in the name of Jesus Christ. This man was born lame, and that's an impossible situation. And at the same time, the Bible says that he was a beggar, a hopeless situation. And the scripture tells us that he was carried daily by people to the temple. And this clearly shows how hopeless his condition was. For for over 40 years of his life, he has been depending on others. I don't know who amongst you that has been depending on others, depending on social care, that you have to beg before you feed. You have to beg in order to clothe yourself, to take care of your family. But I declare to you by the authority in the name of Jesus Christ. The Bible says that that man had been dependent on other people for over 40 years. But when the Holy Ghost hit him, the power of God touched him, he became independent. And I want to declare upon your life right now that the anointing for independence is coming upon your life. No longer will you beg, but you would lend to nations. For that is the thought of God towards us. That we would not be borrowers, but we will be lenders in the name of Jesus Christ. The anointing is upon your life. No longer will you beg anymore. No longer will you be dependent on other people for your survival. But you have become independent and independent in Christ Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ. And another thing about this passage is that this passage is very similar to the event in John chapter 5 which is the encounter that Jesus had with the man at the pool of Bethesda. You see, the man at the pool of Bethesda said to Jesus Christ that he had no one who could take him into the pool. And that was his excuse. But whereas in the book of Acts of the Apostles chapter 3, the Bible says that the lame man had people who could bring him to the temple always. People who could help him, but yet he was lame. This is what the scripture wants us to understand. That our help is not dependent on man. Our survival is not dependent on man. I don't know where your help cometh from, but for me, my help cometh from the Lord. My help cannot come from man. For man does not have the power, the capability, and the ability to transform and to change my situation. My help only cometh from the Lord. For the Bible tells us that unless the Lord builds a house, they that build, build in vain. It's not about how many that your army is. It is not about who you know or who you do not know. It is about whether the Lord is for you. For the arms of man will surely fall, but God will never fall. He had people to help him, but yet his condition still remained the same. 
I don't know where your hope is anchored on. Hope is anchored on man. I want to tell you that man cannot touch your life. Man will fail you, but God will never ever fail. The scripture tells us that this man was born lame. And just like this man, we were all born in that same state as a result of the fall of Adam in the book of Genesis chapter 3 verse 15. And the Bible tells us in Genesis 3 verse 15 that when Adam sinned, the Lord cursed Adam and Eve and the serpent. And the Lord said that the serpent shall bruise the heels of man and man shall cross the head of the serpent. The serpent that the scripture talks about is the devil. For 40 years, this man has been bruised by the devil. But when Jesus showed up, the works of darkness over his life was destroyed. For in the book of 1 John chapter 3, verse 8b, the scripture puts it this way, and the scripture says, For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. And I declare over your life this afternoon that by the power in the name of Jesus Christ, everything that has been bruising your life has been destroyed in the name of Jesus Christ. When the man came in contact with the power of the Most High God, For Peter said, by the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. The Bible tells us that God has given us a name that supersedes every other name. That at the very mention of the name of Jesus Christ, every knee would bow. When Peter pronounced the name of Jesus Christ, every spirit that held the man captive, every chain from the kingdom of darkness that was used to lock this man down on the earth was broken and because the name of Jesus was greater than every other name. The chains from the pit of hell could not hold this man captive. And I declare upon your life that by the name of Jesus Christ, nothing will hold you captive. Whatever that has been holding you has been broken in the name of Jesus Christ. It has been destroyed in the name of Jesus Christ. And the scripture says also that each day this man was taken to the beautiful gate. This man stayed at the beautiful gate for over 40 years of his life. But nothing beautiful could be seen in his life. When we talk about gate, a gate speaks of entrance, but a gate also speaks of restriction. To others, the beautiful gate was a point of entrance, but to the lame man, the beautiful gate was a sign of restriction, a sign of rejection and condemnation. For because of his situation and his condition and his lameness, he could not enter into the temple. He could only stop at the beautiful gate and he has been staying outside the temple for over 40 years but after he was raised up by Jesus after he was touched by Jesus through the life of his disciples he could go into the temple I don't know what has been stopping you in life but I can see you coming into your destiny I don't know what has been limiting you what kind of limitation you've been experiencing in life but I can see you entering into the very place that you could not enter I can see the grace of God breaking protocols for your sake. I can see the grace of God transforming and changing your life. I can see the grace of God causing those that overlooked you while you were outside, celebrating you right now because the Lord is bringing you inside. And the Lord is not just bringing you inside, but the Lord is bringing you inside with a testimony. In the name of Jesus Christ, wherever you've been rejected, you'll be accepted. Wherever you've been looked down upon, you will be looked upon. In the name of Jesus Christ, those that laughed at you and those that once neglected you shall celebrate the goodness of God with you. 
in the name of Jesus Christ. And when Peter lifted up this man, that was the end of all his problems. I can see the Lord lifting you up above your problems, above your failures, above your limitations, above your tears and poverty in the name of Jesus Christ. I don't know how long you've been on the ground that when you look at your life, it seems as if there is no hope. When you look at your situation, you've been on the ground for a very long time. But I want you to understand that the Bible says that the Lord raises the poor from the dust and lifts the needy from the ashes. He sits them with princes and has them inherit a throne of honor. I speak over your life this afternoon that God is raising you up. God is raising you up, raising you above every failure that has kept you on the ground, raising you above every sickness that has tied you on the ground, raising you against every form of stagnation that has kept you on the ground in the name of Jesus Christ. And the Bible says that this man looked at Peter and John and he asked them for money. But as he asked for money, Peter said to him, look on us which meant that the beggar asked and looked away. You see, I believe that the reason why the beggar looked away, probably looked away, was because of his situation. Problems of life has a way of making us feel inferior. Situations of life has a way of keeping us on the ground. So the man looked at his life and saw himself on the ground, and he probably believed that those who could walk were better off than, than he was. And that is what very often the problems of life does. It changes our thinking and makes us feel inferior. And I believe that it was because of this that this man could not even look Peter and John in the eyes because he felt unworthy. And Peter said to him, look on us. And that means that for him to receive, he had to look. I truly believe that that's the same thing with us. For us to receive, we would have to look. And that's the reason why many of us, we keep asking and yet we are not receiving even when Jesus had made it very clear that when we ask, we shall receive. But yet, we are not receiving after having asked for so many years. The problem is the same with the man. He asked and he looked away. And many of us have been asking from Jesus without looking on Jesus. And we have to understand from this passage that to receive, we would have to look to Jesus Christ. No wonder in the book of Hebrews chapter 12 verse 2, the scriptures tells us that we are to fix our eyes on Christ Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith. And this man looked upon Peter. He looked upon Peter hoping to receive money. But the Lord did not give him what he had asked for. And I want you to understand something right now, that when the Lord wants to answer your prayers, he doesn't give you what you ask for. He gives you something that supersedes what you ask for. He gives you something that is greater than what you ask for. And that is why Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20 puts it this way. That now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. According to his power that is at work within us. God does not give us what we ask for. He gives us something that is greater than whatever we've asked for. I don't know what you've been asking God for, but I can see God giving you something that is greater than whatever you asked for. I don't know what you're believing God for, but I know one thing for sure. God is not going to give you what you've asked for. 
He will give you something that is greater than what you asked for. In the name of Jesus Christ. And when Jesus touched this man, the scripture says he leaped for joy. It is interesting that when you look at the scriptures to discover that whatever Jesus touches does not remain the same. Does not remain the same. I don't know about you, but I can see the hand of God upon my life. And because I am in the spirit, I can see the same hand of God upon your life. I can see God touching you and I can see God touching your life. And therefore, because of the touch of God upon your life, your life will never remain the same. Your situation, your health will never remain the same. As I'm speaking those words, God is talking to me about someone who is going through a particular kind of sickness. A sickness that the doctors have said it is highly impossible, that there is no cure to that sickness. But I want to tell you something, that it might be impossible with the doctors, but it is possible with God. I can see the hand of God upon your life. And I can see that sickness being changed by God. I can see it being changed. I don't know what has kept you on the ground for years. It could be diseases. It could be sickness. It could be poverty. It could be pain. It could be heartbreak. But the Bible says that when Jesus touched this man, he leaped for joy. I can see you leaping for joy right now. I can see you leaping for joy right now. In the name of Jesus Christ. And the Bible says that when Jesus touched this man, he could not hold the testimony. He had to run into the temple, into the very place he was rejected. Into the very place he was told, you can never ever come into that place. But as God is touching you right now, wherever you've been rejected, you will be accepted. In the name of Jesus Christ. He couldn't hold back the testimony and he ran into the temple to testify of the goodness of God. And the scripture tells us that as a result of that, his testimony, 2,000 people gave their lives to Jesus Christ. God is about to give you the same kind of testimony. God is about to do that which only he can do in your life. He's about to give you a testimony that will make the world know that he is God. A testimony that you can't help but shout, he touched me. Jesus has touched me. The Lord is about to give you a testimony. It might have taken so long, but the Bible says that one day, one day, one day, that the disciples of Jesus showed up and the man's life never remained the same. I don't know how long it has taken, but this is your day. This is your day. For heaven has remembered you. Heaven has remembered you. It can be delayed, but can never, ever, ever be denied. Keep holding on to Jesus Christ. Don't give up. For if the man had said, Ah, I've been coming here for over 40 years. Let me just go and relax. He would have missed out on that particular day. Don't give up on Jesus, for he would never give up on you. He has a day for you. He has a time that he has set apart to touch your life, to turn your situation around and to give you a greater and a bigger testimony that supersedes anything that you've ever experienced in life. Until next time, don't forget, it is your brother Samuel Lukebu. Continue to remain strong in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen.